It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashomania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Bashmania 196 brought to you by your great friends at Attack. If you haven't downloaded the Attack app yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. It's a great app that lets you get video game-like stats, meaning real-life training where you can see your, your stats with strength, endurance, mentality, agility, flexibility, all cool stuff. If you're following Attack on social, uh, you'll be able to see a lot of different people where you stack up. They're doing a lot of cool things in New Jersey. Have you heard about them, Brandon? Excuse me? Have you heard about Attack ATAC? Oh, yeah. 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 They're, they're doing such, such cool things in the sport of wrestling. It's an app built by wrestlers for wrestlers. So download the Attack apps in the Apple App Store, Google Play Store. Brandon, Beat the Streets is next week, and I'm pretty excited. How about you? Oh, yeah. A lot of, uh, been a lot of anticipation. A lot of it's, it's been quite a process, but, uh, uh, this is always the exciting time when all the pieces are coming together. So we're pretty stoked. Yeah, for sure. So for those listening, this is Brandon Buckley. He's the executive director at Beat the Streets. And, you know, we're going to have a couple shows. I'm doing one with Brandon. We're going to have Yanni and Vito on a little bit. Probably going to do one with Willie next week. This is like the Super Bowl. You know, I was telling my wife, it for me, it kind of goes NCAAs and then Final X. Like those are the two big events. And beat the streets, I think, does Final X justice. We were talking, you know, offline last week about all the differences that, you know, wrestling as a whole, as a sport, goes through so many different changes. And I put out a lot of information and graphics because people sometimes have a hard time keeping up. And I think a lot of the changes being made in the sport are good. And Final X this year is one of those changes one of those examples here we finally this year a final x at the prudential center biggest arena biggest venue we've had final x yet you know last year there was a couple different setups where you had final x um new york city and beat the streets one weekend then you had final x Stillwater the next um 2019 you had like four different locations you had two main ones you had a couple different special wrestle-offs 2018 you had three locations so this is super cool to have beat the streets final x all one day one city that's easy to travel to i love it i've been i've been a big advocate for putting a big city like this where you can fly in fly out so let's start talking final x beat the streets first of all prudential center is massive what went into getting it at the prudential center this year so as you mentioned, uh, having to go into a full scale arena this year was that was, once we decided or once USA Wrestling said, hey, we got to do this uh, all at all at one time. We don't want to split it up. Yeah. Um, that's a little bit of a challenge on the RTCs when they have athletes competing at two different venues and splitting up the weekends. Uh, um, and then just the. Uh, you know, being able to attract, bring all the fans together at one time instead of bifurcating them and having them in two different locations. So it just creates a lot more hype. Um, 
and that's how it should be done. I mean, you have yeah. men's men's freestyle, women's freestyle, and Greco-Roman all competing side by side, and then to do so in in a full scale arena. And so um, we, uh, I had been in, you know, I know Dylan Wanagill who puts on the event. He used to be at MSG when we had going back to 2019 when we had um, a sold out show at the Hulu Theater in in Midtown Manhattan. And then he left, went to Prudential Center. Um, we had stayed in touch. And so when the decision was made to look at um, bringing this under one roof, we looked at a variety of different places. Like, could we get it done on two mats? Because last year we had half of the, the all of Final X, all three styles, but they shared one mat. Yep. And so, um, you know, that just, that was, this just is gonna enable us to run a much tighter show um and being in a full-scale arena as good as the hulu theater is uh all the technology and all the needs that we have um massive screen i think prudential has the largest indoor jumbo screen in the world that's and amazing so all of just the excitement and theatrics of that doing replays um it just made sense that we uh we made that jump and so we're pretty excited and for you, being the executive director of Beat the Streets, how much of the final X is kind of in your wheelhouse where, you know, your main focus is obviously Beat the Streets and growing Beat the Streets. And final X is so cool and it's integrated like this with Beat the Streets. How much were you involved with this? Like, how much is it? OK, hey, this is a Beat the Streets event. So this is on you guys. Yeah, it's interesting. Um Definitely developed some pretty interesting skills as a result of, of this process that <laughs> yep. wasn't in the job description. Uh, <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> but it's, I mean, for the organization, it's an honor and a privilege. Yep. Um, it goes back to Mike Novogratz's vision of doing something bold for the sport and doing something bold for the organization. Uh, it's an incredible branding opportunity for us, uh, not just here in New York, but but nationally, where we have a dozen different cities now. Um, and so what we do is we 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 uh, incorporate Beat the Streets programming into this event um, to be able to broadcast the mission of how we use the sport of wrestling to help our kids achieve their goals on and off the mat. And so we have we have matches between Beat the Streets New York and Philly and Beat the Streets New York and L.A. and Chicago, um, New England, um, D.C., Baltimore. And so we're we just try and pair matches up and those take place during the intermission. Um, but I think it just kind of organically happened in time as we, you know, we evolved. Uh, it started as a party in New York going back to probably 2006 and. I was the head coach at Columbia at that time. And I don't think anybody realized how large it would become or how impactful it would become, but from the event itself, as well as the organization, I mean, when we first started, there were only 25 wrestling programs in New York City run by the, the New York City's Public Schools Athletic League. Now combined with Beat the Streets, there's, there's almost 150 programs. We wow. run a training center, we run a middle school league. We partner with the PSAL still, and then we also, um, you know, we take kids to, to competitions and clinics, and um, and then we have a, a, a real impactful program called the Academy that helps kids uh, get ready for their future, provides them life skills, academic support, college prep, college visits, mentorship. So 
And then as, as the event going from a party to the USS Intrepid and then all the events in Times Square, they were incredible. Grand Central, uh, the, the, the pivot was that those events only had about 600 uh, seated guests there. Now we're looking to sell sell 8,000 seats or more and work our way into yeah. the upper bowl of Prudential Center. So we're already at the uh, point where we're surpassing 2019's numbers of 5,000 when we sold Heck out yeah. the theater. So it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty exciting to, to know how we're, how much we're growing at organizationally wide, but also just specific to this event. Yeah, and it's cool because, you know, over the years, as Beat the Streets has progressed, there were those, you know, the Beat the Streets in Times Square. You're very limited on seating, but long, long-term big picture, just the photos alone of a mat in Times Square and people all yeah. around it did so much to help build a brand. And now you're able to go to a venue where, I mean, Prudential Center's three times that of the Hulu Theater. And like you said, I think as soon as I heard it was one day, I don't know that I've ever like committed to a wrestling event faster. Cause it's like, man, this is a no brainer. It's a easy flight. It's all in one day. Everybody's going, you know, in, in years past, I run a company and pretty busy. It's like, okay, I, I'll go to this final X. Okay. I'll go to final X Rutgers. Okay. I'll go here. I'll go to state college. This is nice because everybody's going where before you're talking to people, which event are you going? You going to all of them? Yeah. Like you said, from a coaching standpoint, an athlete standpoint, you know, you got athletes at multiple final X's. It's very tough. So I'm excited to have this. I think for wrestling fans, it's going to be super cool for you personally. You know, you coached for 19, 20 years before going into this. What made you jump into this side of the wrestling world? Uh, so as you said, just the, the amount of time, I, I just felt it was time for a change. And um, I, I really miss New York City. I, I, I'm a yeah. city guy and I, I love the city and developed and just, you know, just had a, an extensive network here in New York, the really close friends, but also professional colleagues and, guys that I coached. And so um, uh, we just had that that drive to return to the city. Um, but really, as far as like specific to the, the position, I was coaching at Cal Poly when Beat the Streets LA had an event where my best friend, Yaru Washington, he's the executive director there. We were teammates at Fresno State. Uh, we were coaches together at Columbia for a long time. I went to their annual benefit and really felt the energy and the impact of what the organization was doing. And I watched a real inspiring video of this girl metaphorically, which path is she going to go down living in a, in a, in an urban area that she was in LA. And it was just really, it was really inspiring and motivating. And I was thinking, wow, that would, this is something cool that I would like to do too. While still remaining involved in the sport that, I love and I've, I've been yeah. doing since I was 10 years old. And uh, there was a position at, at Beat the Streets uh, New York and uh, Yaru had told me about it and I knew uh, people on the board. And um, so I, I, I just was like, wow, this could this happen again? And then, you know, conversation yeah. with my wife 
we had only been in California. Well, we were in California for five years, but it's a big move. You know, we weren't 20, 25 years old at the time. And so, um, but the pieces came together and the timing was right. And my wife was able to transition in her same job position at the VA here in New York. And so things just really worked out beautifully. Yeah, it's amazing. For um, Beat the Streets, let's talk about the format real quick and Final X, and then we'll kind of talk some of the storylines. We'll get Vito and Yanni on board here. So Final X is, I think if I'm, I think I had this correct, 1230 true third matches, two mm -hmm. o'clock first session, six o'clock second session where we roll all the second matches and if need be roll right into um, the third matches. And then at it's going to end around 930. And then that's when you're not calling it a gala this year. It's a get together. You're catering to the wrestling community. It's at um, Red's Beer Garden, correct? Correct. Yep. What went into changing that from the more formal gala side of it to a more informal event? So we, for a number of years, I mean, traditional nomenclature you're calling it a, a gala uh for, yeah. for a non-profit benefit or non-profit event uh they always take place in may in the city uh the traditional format is uh a cocktail hour you know a, a cool venue in the city a cocktail hour uh a guest speaker while the 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 guests eat um yeah. and then uh an auctioneer and then uh that's kind of it right sometimes yeah. you know the nonprofit would bring in uh, if it was a youth organization like us, some kids would speak. So, uh, you know, Mike, Mike's vision, he, he didn't want to do that. He kind of, and really kind of exploded, uh, uh, opened the door for something different. And so uh, we did have a, the after party was called the gala for a number of years. And then we really just tried to pivot because, you know, you, you hear gala, you think black tie event, really formal you know, are you going to be in a black tie in Times Square uh, in May when the weather's picking up, uh, walking around the city? And um, and then we just started really, you know, there were some people who would, were dressing formal. I mean, like people aren't showing up in flip-flops and T-shirts. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, wanted it to be more welcoming, uh, more casual. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, people dress, you know, jeans, a blazer. So people wear suits. Um, uh and so we just wanted to make make that distinction. So we try and communicate that. And we just tend to refer to it as the after party. So it's a long day. I mean, for, for a lot of yeah. people, there's definitely some people that might be coming in. Uh, you know, I think the, the, the really committed wrestling fans are going to see the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and so some people might come in for the evening. And then our, so 12.30 are the true thirds. 2 p.m. is session one of Final X. That runs for two hours. Then there's a break from 4 to 6 p.m. From 4 to 6 p.m., we have some of those Beat the Streets matches. And then we have um, some marquee uh, New Jersey matches, like two top 10 guys in the country wrestling one another. Then we have a, uh, a female competition uh, with the nationally uh, uh, ranked wrestler from New Jersey wrestling someone from Pennsylvania. So we're going to release those names today. And... Um, and then, you know, we open up, uh, then we do some awards and, and thank yous for people that have supported Beat the Streets. Um, and then 6 p.m. kicks off session two, as you said. Uh, so all the athletes wrestle once, they take a break, come back, wrestle at six. 
And then for any matches that need to go into the third bout, we'll just roll right into it. And then our after party is across the street at this, uh, a nice beer, beer garden, like German restaurant. I looked at their menu. It looks good. It's really good. We did a taste. It was was impressive. Yeah. I I heard you telling uh, Zeb about the bacon, how good a bacon that's got me curious. (laughs) Um, It's all on flow, right? True third regular match. I think everything's on flow. Yeah. So if, yeah. For those listening who can't attend, still watch. It's going to be an amazing day. Literally like 10 hours of nonstop wrestling, 9, 10 hours. Um, <laughs> all right, let's talk a couple of storylines because this is, you know, my favorite thing with wrestling is the stories. And there's a lot of stories. I've got a couple written down, and, and we'll kind of talk about them. Any, any of your favorites we'll talk about too. You know, a sneaky good one here is... NLW, I don't know if it's sneaky, but NLWC versus NLWC in two matches. Mm-hmm. Really kind of crazy to start talking about the depths you're seeing, the depth you're seeing in these RTCs. And as somebody has success like the NLWC, and you have, you know, David Taylor versus Aaron Brooks, 86, you know, you got one of the greatest in the country versus, you know, three-time NCAA champ now up and coming. Can the young guy take out the quote-unquote old guy? And then you have Dakin Nolf to the absolute best 74 kilos. And, you know, it's it's kind of, you saw with Ramos and Dan Dennis in 2016, there's always when it's RTC versus RTC, there's just, I don't know, an added layer of interest. Who wins? Can the young guy take out the old guy? What's, you know, I ask some of these coaches sometimes what they do. And it's like, man, you don't really want to coach against one of your own guys, but the guys need a coach. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I think, uh, well, first of all, it's just like, think about the, just the competitive nature in that room. Um, I'm curious, like, you know, are they working out together? If so, right. Or they probably do say, you know, is it they are a year out where, you know, and then as they get to like four to six months out or, or are they, you know, it's, it's, it's always kind of interesting to wonder what's going on inside the room. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, I know uh, I was, I know when I first got into coaching, that was always a concern, like, you know, somebody, they, they have to have a coach. And so I think there's just a, de- there's just a decision that's made and, um, there's a responsibility to each athlete. And so the athlete probably is, you know, communicating with the coach, with the coaching staff, like who they want to coach. And then that decision is made and then it's, it's business. And so, um, I'm sure, I'm sure in the training leading up to it, um, I just think there's probably a, a lot of communication at a certain stage and then everybody understands how that process will play out. So it doesn't become awkward. And then ultimately, I mean, the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club or any other RTC for that matter benefits, as do all the college programs, to have that caliber. I mean, look at all the guys from 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 them competing in Final X. It's 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 just staggering. Yeah. Um, another big storyline: Olympic medalist versus Olympic medalist. We got you know Kyle Snyder versus Jaden Cox. Jaden foregoes this year's ninety-two kilo spot at Final X goes through final X to make the 97 kilo spot. So now we have final X or we have Olympic medals for some Olympic medalists at final X. And so far Snyder has, I don't want to say he's made it look easy, but it wasn't really, 
I think after you saw Snyder Cox, you're more bullish on Snyder winning again. And if you're Jaden, I think Jaden's one of the greatest athletes in the country. He's a freak. And when he sees, hey, Snyder's really kind of got my number. I need to up my game. I think that's why we're seeing him move up a year before to really train into 97 and not make this a final Olympic thing next year. So I'm excited for that. You know, I, I think when when you're the top dog, you know, Burroughs always says it best, I think. When you're the top dog, everybody's coming for you. They got nothing to lose. They're the underdog. Yeah. They're they're expected to lose by most. You have that kind of chip on your shoulder, and and the top guy beating the top, staying at the top is tough. So Snyder versus Jaden, definitely um, a, a great storyline. Gable returning, another one. You know, Gable going back and forth with WWE and his love for for collegiate Olympic amateur wrestling. I'm I'm super excited for Gable. It, it's almost crazy how many levels there are at heavyweight where you have dominance at different tiers. And now Gable crushed Mason at the open. And here you have Mason who just won the Hodge and was the most dominant college wrestler. And you have Gable levels above him at the open. So that's going to be interesting to see if Mason can, can close that gap. You know, I don't think anybody necessarily expected, let's say chance Marsteller to take Burroughs three matches last year. Yeah. So Anything can happen. Um, what are what are some of your favorite storylines? Yeah, I mean it's it's a great time for American wrestling. Obviously, all those stars you just you just mentioned. Um, yeah, I I, I love uh, when there's you know even like uh, you know sort of like the, the alma maters that are playing into play coming into play like yeah uh, uh, Vito and and Garrett. I think is is really compelling. Yeah, you know, John had a great showing uh, at, at the challenge tournament. Um, you already spoke to just the, the the rivalry within the same wrestling room at, at the RTCs. Um, Burroughs and, and Marsteller coming back again. Um, uh, and then, yeah, Snyder Cox. I mean, I think that's bold. And and uh, I love that that Cox is is going up to, to take that match. Um yeah, Gable, I mean, it's just a, so exciting to see. Yeah, I think the personalities for a lot of these people are, are that, you know, and they think they're, they're, they've, they've trained their whole life for this. And so they've, they've accumulated, like, they've earned, uh, you know, a certain, they, they, they've developed a certain mindset that, like, anything is possible. So to be able to transition out of the sport, you know, win a gold medal, transition out of the sport into something like the WWE. And then not needing to come back. It's not like they had to come back. He had to come back for a legacy, Gable. Right. Like he came back because he loves the sport. He loves to compete. And so, and then, you know, that 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 does further his legacy. But I, I, I just think the fact that he wants to come back and put it on the line. Um, and then just, he's just so, you know, his his talent and his competitive nature is, is so unique that uh, why wouldn't he? You know, he's got a certain skill and certain talent. So we and all it's just, that. It's, it's just that's what I was going to say. It's great for wrestling. It's great for fans when you have that level of competition. And, you know, one of my final storylines here is the 76 kilo match on the women's freestyle side. You have the young gun Kennedy Blades versus 
the seasoned veteran Adeline Gray. And you have like, is this the passing of the torch year? And, you know, it's like you, you, I was talking to Willie about it, how next year you're going to see a lot of retirements. You're going to have a big changing of the guard for 2024. I think a lot of wrestlers kind of held on. Olympics were pushed to 2021. Now it's only three years. This is going to be a big um, changing of the guard year, in my opinion, the next, you know, 12 to 16 months. Even you talk about Jordan Burroughs. Hate to say it. I know you're not going to like this, but this might be his last beat the streets. Mm -hmm. You know, if he goes and retires at the Olympics next year, like this could be the last time. And think about how many events Jordan Burroughs has been a part of with beat the streets. So it's kind of crazy as you're watching some of these um, storylines play out. You never kind of think about, is this the last time we see Kennedy versus Adeline? Will Adeline come back next year for the trials? Um, Jordan Burroughs and beat the streets in New York. Like you're Jordan Burroughs is now on a pitch clock. You know, he's going to retire soon. He's only going to wrestle. You're only going to get so many more chances to watch Jordan Burroughs wrestle. So super, super excited. All right. So now we got Yanni Vito. How are you guys? Pretty good. Yeah, we're doing good. Good You know, I, I was thinking about you guys and thought you guys would be a great addition to this show to kind of talk about beat the streets and final X. And, you know, with you two specifically, I don't think we can get very far into this part of the discussion without talking about what we were talking about last week, Yanni, which is Cornell is a wrestling school confirmed. You have four <laughs> Cornell guys at Final X, Yanni, Vito, Nashon, and Dake, which is crazy to think about. I think the only one that's more is Penn State five. But. Cornell is now a confirmed wrestling school. And it's to the point where like we were talking NLWC versus NLWC, but you also have the sneaky Vito versus nation Cornell versus Cornell. Vito, what's your thoughts about that? <laughs> uh, definitely. Uh, definitely cool that it ended up happening like that. Um, you know, nation has been on, been on the scene for, you know, a hot minute at this point, And, um, you know, it just ended up working out like that. Uh, but I could honestly, I called it as well. Uh, when we wrestled at the open, um, he was, you know, uh, at least from my perspective, gave me my most competitive match. Um, and just like his, his feel compared to the other guys, the weight, I was like, all right, I think I'm going to get an A shot in final X, like out of the challenge. <laughs> tournament. And people were like, no, it's going to be fixed. It's going to be gross. And I was like, I don't know. We'll see. So um, he definitely just has that, you know, <laughs> he's got that, that style. He's got, you know, just such a, just such raw athleticism that, you know, it's, it works in his favor and he's been performing really well recently. Yeah. And he said, I think after the challenge tournament, you know, like this is even a different me. And I know some people are like, what do you mean? Like Vito just won nine, two. But you guys know what can happen in a month of training where when you single in, you know, I was talking a couple of weeks ago on this podcast about how much I like Final X because you guys as wrestlers, especially on the senior level, you're training for an entire tournament. You have to train for a gauntlet of studs who all bring something totally different to the table. Final X is so cool because it's that UFC MMA style promotion 
where it's two guys and you know for what at least four to six weeks who you're competing against. So Nation, you know, now after the open had four weeks to get better for the challenge tournament. And now another six weeks for you. Are you kind of doing the same where you you kind of don't when you win and you, you know you, you won dominantly, but a lot can change. So you can't really rest on that too much. What's your thoughts on the the transition from okay, I beat him, but now this is a whole new game? You know, I don't really want to kind of focus on the wins or the losses. Um, you know, we've wrestled plenty of times. There was a point during during COVID where he was up here training with us. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we've got many uh, many spars under our belt. You know, I know how he wrestles. He know how he knows how I want to wrestle too. Um, but ultimately, I don't want to focus on the things that I did right in the match that I won, or the things that you know he's good at. I just want to focus on me doing the wrestling that I can do best. And if I just go out and perform it, you know, my at my best or even close to my best, I'm sure that you know I'll I'll have good results. Yeah, and it's it's cool that you're both able to kind of train for this together, talk about it. I'm sure you guys are not overthinking, over talking about this event whatsoever. I'm sure you guys are just kind of tuning it out and letting it play out. But for the most part, like Yanni, you know, I. So I use Tony Rotundo's photos for everything. I pay him a monthly nut every month, and I use his photos for the podcast, for graphics, for websites, for everything. So when I go to wrestlersarewarriors.com, I search for his photos. I'm kind of used to seeing photos over and over. And Yanni, your photos beating Bajrang at Beat the Streets are like, I think there's one of the filters that's like either sort by popularity or sort by like what people download, whatever. It's always at the top. So those photos of you in the Beat the Street singlet, I just, they're embedded in my brain. Now you're coming back. This is what, like your third, fourth time at Beat the Streets? Because you've been at Final X a couple times, Beat the Streets a couple times. Yeah, so I wrestled Bosrang and Kinchegashvili and Beat the Streets like charity event matches in the in last year. Um, Beat the Streets is one of those things, like as an event that I've watched as a kid, like every year. I thought it was super cool. And, um, you know, generally they do a really good job too, but before it was when it was just like a card of bringing in really good, you know, European or Asian wrestlers for us to compete against. So it's a really good opportunity for us to get that feel from a foreigner without having to travel, you know, 10, 12, 15 hours across the world to get it. So it's a really valuable experience for me. Was there any talk, and Brandon, maybe you can let us in on this. Was there any thought on getting Yanni to wrestle a Final X match and then also wrestling a foreigner <laughs> after or before the event? Maybe uh, during interma- intermission. Like, he wrestles Nick Lee at 2 o'clock. Intermission at 5 o'clock, he wrestles, I don't know, bring somebody in, and then, he, you know, wrestle the second. Second match. I feel really good or really bad. <laughs> you lose between matches. You yeah. You have to get the warm-up in. Yeah, back back in those college days. Um, so Yanni, for you, you have Nick Lee, and that's also a very interesting match. Nick took a match from you at the Olympic trials back in 2021, and there's only a handful of guys. I think McKenna Zane, Nick, and J.O., only four Americans to beat you domestically. What's your thoughts heading into final X this year? You know, guys lose all the time, and um like yeah he got me and um obviously in the last two years I think I've made a lot of improvements you know 
there were a lot of really glaring holes in 2021 that you know needed to be addressed and obviously I'm not there yet but we're, we're both very different you know my style has changed a lot I'm sure he's improved in the last two years um knowing the NLWC guys they're gonna have a very good game plan that's kind of what they're what they do is just game plan for guys and um I'm gonna be ready to make my adjustments in the match and we've kind of talked about what I need to do and I feel very confident about it you want to disclose all that or should we just wait till June? <laughs> Top secret CIA kind of stuff. I told you. That. <laughs> um, you know, it's also funny. You mentioned that, you know, listen, you lose matches. Wrestlers lose matches. I feel like the fans definitely obsess over losses so much more. Like it, it's so much more of a talking point where even, you know, I watch NLWC fans and Spartan fans and Penn state and Cornell. Like, well, you know, Yanni's adjusted so much more and he's won a world medal. And well, Nick Lee beat him once. Well, that was also on the backside. Like you see these talks go back and forth. And I think wrestlers, you guys have more respect for each other than I think the fans have respect for an opponent where like a lot of Spartan and Cornell fans, they hate the NLWC and vice versa. One of my favorite conversations to start on Twitter, which I might do it later today again, is that we need an NLWC versus Spartan card. Like, like a veto smiling instantly. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I don't hate Nick Lee and I, I don't think he hates me, but there's definitely a lot of Penn State fans that really hate me. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a lot of like Cornell fans out there that hate Nick Lee. And it's just, you know, the nature of sports. Like, I feel like it's a sign of popularity because yeah. if you read the comment section of an NFL or an, a UFC card, it's all. Oh, like, I hate this guy. This guy's like, no one's ever saying nice stuff. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, I mean? Yeah, that's the nature. That's mainstream sports. Like, if you go to listen to a Barstool podcast or li- read the comment section of a Barstool article where, like, a personality likes their team, it's very, like, it's hard. And if I dive in and I'm just all in on one person, I get crap for something I say about the other. And like you said, you and Nick both have a lot of respect for each other. But it is funny how some of these fan bases get. I remember 2019, like you and Zane, both bash guys, both my friends. And I remember just like in a situation like that, being happy for the winner and being very bummed for the loser. And but fan bases aren't like that. Fan bases are like ride or die. That's my guy. Um, there's, there's a lot of history there, too, though, with uh, Cole and his dad being the head coach at, Bill yeah. Cole at, at Penn State. So it's kind of cool to see that, that was a long time ago. So that 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 storyline has developed over the years and then the fierce rivalry. And then just it's, it's pretty awesome to see how it's remained alive and strong. And it's good. It's like it's it's exciting for wrestling to see that and to see these matchups taking place at Final Axes. It makes for an interesting story and event. I'm actually, I'm pretty sure Cole is in my suite for Final X. So <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> He's a funny guy to sit with and watch a tournament for sure. Yeah. yeah. Usually when I run into him, he's like in between, like, I think I've seen him more times than not. NCAA's in the open and getting robbed, like, to sit down in Vegas is tough because he's all over the place. Oh, I'll meet, see you in five minutes. Go to dinner with my wife. I'm going here. So I, I'm excited for that. So one of the interesting things for you guys for Final X, and I'm curious your perspective on it, you know, you're you're in a different position 
because Yanni, you're at 65 kilos and next year that weight's there for you. So this is very important for you to win this, make the team medal to have the advantage of the Olympic trials next year. Vito, for you, it's also very important because 61, not an Olympic weight. So you're going to need, you know, all the advantage you can get. And if you make the team medal, that's an advantage for next year. How much does that got? How much does that like weigh in the back of your heads that you don't want to think about next year too much, but there is that added incentive. It's kind of like if there's a financial incentive, it's not all about that, but it definitely lingers there somewhere. I got to imagine. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I personally, I, I, so I took second at the Olympic trials to Gilman. Then I lost to him again in final X last year. So I was kind of, you know, not stuck at that, that second place slot, but you know, it 57 was just a hard way for me as well. So coming up to 61 was, you know, this was my, this is my year to kind of recenter kind of, you know, get better at wrestling. Uh, Cause I felt like I kind of plateaued there for a bit and actually make that world team and go out onto, onto the international scene and kind of, you know, do some damage. And then that'll help me kind of, you know, set, set me up for the Olympic year. Uh, Cause you know, it's definitely a better look to be a world team member than the second place guy every year. So uh, and you're not, the experience you're going to get in competition globally, like, yeah, I mean, I, I can, keep bashing my head against the wall and eventually you know eventually i'm I'm sure i will beat gilman and hopefully it will be next year um but you know i i think that the the this experience of, of this this year is going to be leagues better than you know just cutting weight all the time and yeah plan, planning for one guy right so i think that's the the benefit i get out of it uh and you know if i medal at worlds then yeah it will come into consideration as for rankings for next year yeah or maybe you just go up you know maybe you go to 65 next year <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> get a little big here y'all <laughs> They just sat apart a little bit. I don't know if you're watching the video. They just sat apart a little bit. It'll make home life interesting. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, I'm not really even it's there's so many things between now and the Olympic trials that it's like just yeah. because yes, like sitting in the finals of the trials would be great, but that would mean I would need to medal in the world championships first. So it's like let's think about that. But then like I can't medal in the world championships if I don't beat Nick Lee two times. Yep. So let's just, you know, put it on that. And um, there's a lot of months, you know, I remember Bill Zaddick used to tell us six weeks is a really long time when you're preparing every day and it's not a lot of time when you're not ready. And I feel really confident. So I'm just going to really focus on final X right now. And then I'll have June, July, August, September, all to focus on the world championships. And when you're someone who's preparing every day, that's a ton of time to get ready for that. And then even more time when you think about April for the Olympic year. So take it's it's a one year process. Take it, you know, day by day. Yeah. How excited were you guys both? I, I'm sure you're, you know, I was super excited when they announced it was in Newark because Yanni, you know, Rochester, Newark, 50 minute flight. You can't beat that there. You know, <laughs> it's probably as good as it's going to get for somebody from Rochester and for you guys. 
you know, you're a couple hours away driving. How cool is it to not only have it in your backyard, but then you find out it's at the Prudential Center. And I, I'm pretty sure, Yanni, we've talked both on the podcast and off about how, you know, you go from you're experiencing it this year where you go from wrestling NCAAs being the main event in a sold out arena to wrestling in a gym at the Bill Farrell where fans are like nagging you for an autograph because you're standing on a track warming up. It's such a different scene, but this is kind of cool because we haven't really seen on a senior level, a venue like this, the Prudential center, you know, typically we were talking before you guys joined about how final X in years past has been in either smaller gyms or multiple cities where fans are having to kind of decide, you know, I've always had to decide, okay, I got my guys competing here. So I'm going to this one. I can't go out to Stillwater. I can't do this. You guys are getting all the fans. You're getting a huge venue. How cool is it when you found out the details of how it was going to go down this year? Way better than going out to Stillwater. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only one who had to go too. Cause Jan and quiz got chosen for the New York one. So I was just solo. Me and Frank flew out to Stillwater <laughs> and then I lost twice and came home. But <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound yeah. like fun. No. Yeah, that's a lot easier on us uh too having <laughs> Cornell always had a presence at, at Final X. It's uh you know it's nice to have the Long Island wrestling community, upstate New York. Now, you know, now we're venturing into Jersey, but that last year when we were have we had to like kind of go back and forth with Oklahoma State via Rich Bender and USA Wrestling. Okay, we want this card. We want this card. What do we got to do? So we we obviously wanted all the matches, but it's it's great to have Cornell continue to have a have a strong presence here. And Yanni's always wrestled some incredible matches. And yeah, you know, I think sometimes people forget that we held an event right in the midst of uh, of the pandemic when you wrestled Jacob Javilli. Yeah, outside match. Oh man, that was such a phenomenal match. So we're we're stoked to have you back. And Vito, I know your dad pretty well, and uh, we have some people on our board that are tight with him, and so we're we're certainly excited to welcome you as well. Oh yeah, Vito, yeah. did you did you think that photo of you and your dad was gonna get spread around as much as it did? um no i said i i didn't know i mean not like i was blindsided by the camera but i wasn't looking for it and it just kind of (laughs) tapped me and i turned around you know i'm I'm giving my dad a hug we're just you know uh having a moment and i got a camera a big camera in my face i'm like oh hello hey how's it going (laughs) he's doing the and he's yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, the blue steel yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there, oh, God. But yeah, no, it was definitely a uh, very organic, very nice, like just moment. Um, and my dad, I, I don't even know, because he, he 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 does interviews, you know. But I think he was just so like had a lot of emotions going at the same time, where he was just like, "Yeah, hello, I I'm here too." Like, hello. <laughs> he was. What I found it. is like I've always known him, and he's so high energy, like a I, very. Yeah very energetic and he was cool as a cucumber i'm like man the the, the confidence he had in you like just this this was the plan but it was, it was really interesting to see that i bet he was super nervous before yeah. the first takedown and well, then after that, i think he kind of calmed down 
Um, Yanni, you, you've had better luck than Vito with locations. I mean, you know, beat the streets, grappled the garden. It was New York city. You wrestled Zane at final X and Rutgers. Um, the other wrestle off match with Zane was in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. That was pretty close. King Shavili, we just talked about was in the gym, the Wilkes match. Yep. And so then you wrestled in, um, in New York City, you had Final X New York. So this is kind of becoming habitual for you to wrestle in your backyard. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's it's great. <laughs> I don't have to. That's it. It's great. It's <laughs> really easy, especially like Mike Gray and Frank Pirelli, like their families. Like I, the amount of people I know within a forty-five minute ride of Newark gives me access to whatever I need. You know. Yep. It, it it makes it very easy. It's all, it, it might as well be in my backyard with the amount of things right. that we have. So, thank you, USA Wrestling. Um, I don't know where <laughs> the decision making is coming from, but I couldn't be happier with how things are. Hey, Newark, let's uh, let's keep rolling. Let's keep rolling there, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like I don't even know, like a thirty minute train ride from my house too, as well, Long Island. So, not bad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, you you guys haven't made. Um, Brandon, when's the press conference this year? Is it is it Friday? We're doing it, I believe, on Friday. It's in the arena. Um, the backdrop is really cool. It's going to be in the main uh, concourse, and they have like in the back, you'll you know, massive glass uh, uh, windows with all the different. Um, jerseys uh like new jersey devils um it's it's really cool um you know there's a lot of uh there's a, there's a lot of athletes competing um so gonna have like a little bit of a unique uh arrangement to be able to get through them all but it's uh yeah it's 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 open we, we'd love to we'd love to see some people there Yanni, Vito, you guys um, decided attire for that. There's in years past Final X press attire. We've seen a little bit of everything. How much thought have you guys given into this? If if one of us is going to show up and win the best dressed award, it's not me. <laughs> but I've also given it zero thought. So <laughs> I might be like a dumb and dumber kind of situation. <laughs> that would be great. I'm all for that. <laughs> So the pink and, and blue suits. Oh, that'd be hilarious. But yeah, I mean, as much like I don't know, I try to enjoy that stuff, but you know, I mean, my dad's got all sorts of philosophical things. He's told me growing up, but you know, main takeaway I've learned is like some some people are inherently showy, and if they're gonna be showy, it's who they are, but I inherently am not. So don't don't be showy. <laughs> Yanni, is it different oh, this year, knowing that this is the first year, like post collegiate? You you gra you graduated, you're done. Like this is it now. This is senior level. You are 100 percent a professional athlete. There's no more med school talk. There's no more classes and papers for Cornell. Like that. This is it. You're a professional athlete now. From that standpoint, have you given that much thought at all, or is it just kind of kind of you know wrestling as usual? No, I mean, I just had my graduation, you know, three or four days ago. So this really is no different than, you know, anything else I've been doing. I haven't really had that big stretch of time with no school yet. 
Yeah. So I think if anything, you know, I'm here and I'm about to hit that upswing, you know, I can put all my focus, all my attention into this. So, you know, regardless of what happens in however many week and a half, um, I definitely think I'm about to make a lot of really big jumps. So really give it all to this event that's about to happen. And then, you know, I can take really a full rest of my wrestling career to just be a hundred percent on that, which is great. Yeah. Vito, are you jealous just a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, um, you know, that during COVID uh, in 19 to, well, right before COVID really, uh, me and Yanni both took uh, an Olympic year from Cornell. So, yeah. and that turned into two Olympic years. <laughs> right. Uh, so I got a little taste of it, like what it's like to be graduated and not go to school and just train all the time. And it was great, man. So <laughs> really looking forward to getting back to that. Uh, once I'm, I got one more, one more year left at Cornell, just the way that our, our red shirts kind of panned out. Um, and, you know, I plan on, competing at the NCA and then turn right around and I got a month to train for the Olympic trials. So you, I'll be, if anything, I'll be in shape. <laughs> not that I would recommend doing this, but could you in theory take another Olympic red shirt and then compete the following oh, year? Yeah. That's, the running joke is that Vito would, that's the running joke is that Vito would get a four-year degree in eight years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, that's something to be proud of. <laughs> I, mean, I, I feel like Van Wilder at this point, but you know, where where we're going. Well, there you have it, guys. You can stop commenting on the message boards. Vito's not going to take another Olympic red shirt. Um, all right, guys, final thoughts on Final X Beat the Streets next week in New Jersey. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of been the main point of this, but I, I feel very prepared, very excited to be able to kind of start this full-time freestyle thing. And Final X will be the first, you know, real step towards that. So I, I'm, I couldn't be more happy and I feel like it's going to be the best version of myself out there. So I'm really excited. Yeah. And for me, I just really looking forward to, you know, trying to get on my first world team and, you know, going and having the experience at competing at the senior worlds, uh, something that I've never, I've never been at before. I've been at, every other age level world championship, but now I'm, I'm really just trying to get on the scene and, you know, start, start my career going and, you know, take it from there. But obviously before I can do any of that, I need to do well at final X uh, next weekend. So that's, that's all we've been focusing on. Brandon, has there been any talk yet about the, the match order for the weights? Um, my understanding is we're, we're going, going straight through. Okay. Um, any sway class okay that's good because I, I want it it's going to be cool for these guys to be back to back i feel like that's pretty cool where if you just go through the weights it's even better than if you tried to draw it up where they're you know next to each other but going weight to weight these guys you know it, it's always it, it's cool that your teammates and uh, is there any like for you guys you you're both going into this as the favorites you guys obviously want to do this with each other. Is that an added element of like Yanni for you? Like if you could now make another world team and bring Vito along and Vito, you make your first world team and here you have your roommate on the team already with you. You guys give that any thought? You know, we, 
kind of have the same goals, long yeah. long standing goals, and that's kind of had like that's kind of caused us to do a lot of the same things over and over again. Even even if we're not planning on doing it together, we both want to go to the Olympics and win the Olympics and worlds and all this stuff. So at the end of the day, we end up like whether we like it or not, having to do it, you know, yeah. so, um, you know, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy I get to do it with my, with my buddy and, you know, it makes rooming pretty easy. Uh, but yeah, I'd say so. Of, That's so yeah, cool. You guys get that experience. I'm sure you finish each other's sentences all the time. No, but we'll definitely say things at the exact same time. <laughs> yeah. That'll happen. Or, you know, just classic, you know, know someone for 10 plus years, you start to pick up on each other's things. Yeah. But um, <laughs> part of it too is like, and not like I'm bringing Vito along because I've been, like I said, kind of, we've been doing the same thing for so much time, but yeah, it's a good, it's a good standard to set that like we put multiple guys in the team every year. Yeah. And, um, you know, we got a lot of really good young guys with the same aspirations that we have. and it's just like our kind of what we're trying to do is like, Hey, we're going to do our thing. And if you guys follow along and take the same approach, it, you know, let's see where, what it, what it can do. Look, we did it. So can you. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. And this is the first year without Dake, right? Cause last year you and Dake made the team and now still Cornell, but cool for Spartan to have. He's, I love it. All right, Brandon, any final words? Uh, Just really pumped for people to be able to watch just one of the biggest events in wrestling. We're honored to host. Um, Definitely want to send people to our website, btsny.org, for all information relating to Final X. Tickets are still on sale for Ticketmaster, and anybody that wants to go to our after party can uh, get that information online and uh, go, go, go Cornell, go Spartan. We're, we're really pumped to have you guys um, and uh, excited to welcome back Yanni and, and have Vito for the first time and see a lot of fireworks. So thanks for jumping on guys and, and helping us promote what we do and, and the mission to beat the streets. And Brandon, you said that we've already beat the record for 2019, right? Attendance wise. We're right there now. 2019 yeah. when, you know, that was our first time in Hulu um, when Yanni wrestled Badrang and we had Burroughs Aspirin. That was a, a sold out arena of 5,000. So we're, we're, we're right at 5,000 right now. Um, so the, the entire lower bowl at Prudential Center is 8,200. 8, so we're, we're, we're looking to eclipse that and hopefully uh, make our way into the upper bowl. Um, so tickets have really been picking up uh, lately. And uh, yeah, it's just it's 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 all the pieces are coming together. So uh just encourage fans to not miss this opportunity. I love it. All right, guys. I will uh see you all next week in Newark, New Jersey. And the beat goes on.